that was one of the big parts of pulling together our systems was to be able to uh, identify a system like this that can grow all kinds of great variety of foods uh, in just about any climate. Hello. Thank you so much for checking out Earth Care. I'm Sarah Christie, host of the interview series that is 100% for the environment. Really does mean the world that you're letting Earth Care be part of your busy schedule. On Earth Care, we meet climate activists, heroes, and experts and get their take on how we can help protect the planet. Now, as I record this, the sun is shining, dandelions are out in full force for no mow May, but it's almost time to really get into gardening where I am in Ontario. If you're a gardener or maybe dabbled with it, you know, grown some spices in your windowsill, you're gonna love this because you can appreciate the TLC that goes into gardening and how satisfying it is to watch the process. You know, if you're growing food, then you get to reap the benefits afterwards. It's great. So Kim Parker, president and CEO of Food Security Structures Canada. That's who we're chatting with today. We're on our way to London, Ontario. What Kim has created with Food Security Structures Canada takes all of that to the next level and with great intent. Picture a room in your house just covered with food that you're growing. That's what Food Security Structures Canada has created. A way to grow fresh, nutritious food in all types of climates. Indoor farming. Kim joins EarthCare to explain the story behind Food Security Structures Canada, what makes their growing structures sustainable, and how it can assist with growing food year-round in challenging climate locations. Kim Parker, CEO of Food Security Structures Canada. It is such a pleasure to have you on EarthCare. I've been following the story behind the scenes and watching, you know, from the background, this business developing, but it's so great to finally get to hear the background story and what exactly it is. So why don't we just start there? What is Food Security Structures Canada? Uh, about three years ago, my business partner, Greg Whiteside, reached out to me. Greg is a certified builder with a company called Green Magic Homes. Uh, they're such a unique company. They're international, and you may have seen some of their, their unique buildings online. I know they uh, have a presence on social media. Everybody just loves them because they look like hobbit houses. Uh, they are fiber-reinforced polymer structures that are then covered with earth. And the earth is a really important part of the insulated value and what makes these units so special uh, because they just they blend in with nature. And Greg reached out to me because he became aware that Green Magic Homes had actually expanded from just houses and resort type of, of structures into agriculture. They were seeing that there was a need for a purpose-built structure that could house indoor agriculture applications and could go anywhere in the world. And that's a really great thing about these structures is because they're modular, they're light, they're flexible, they can be built anywhere and create a wonderful growing environment for plants, whether you be in the far north or in the desert. And so he reached out to me uh, with my sales and, and business background and asked me if I'd like to tr help try to bring this product to Canada. And of course, I got very excited about that because uh, growing and gardening and plants are, are things that are near and dear my heart. And also, Greg and I both worked in the far north and we've seen what food insecurity looks like. Um, you know, we've gone to stores in northern communities where uh, a bag of carrots with six carrots in it cost fifteen dollars. Uh, we've we've seen that type of uh, uh, challenge with the pricing. If you can even get that food, uh, that's a lot. Another challenge is sometimes it's just not even available. Uh, we're working with a great company out of Colorado called Harvest Today, and they're the ones that developed the vertical aeroponic grow wall that we recommend and use 
uh, for most of our, our setups. Actually, you can see one of their walls just in the back here. Uh, that's yeah, it's big. It's got a variety of plants. This, this is only a couple of weeks old. Uh, that was one of the big parts of pulling together our systems was to be able to uh, identify a system like this that can grow all kinds of great variety of foods uh, in just about any climate. And we have a very unique lighting system that we have actually developed ourselves that uses a full spectrum of daylight, but it also has some very unique EMS frequencies in it. Uh, have you heard that, you know, when people go into the hospital, they've got broken bones or something that they'll often do what's called light therapy. And it helps stimulate the cells subdermally to heal wounds and, and bones and things. Well, we've worked with uh, a professor uh, and, some, and some other technologies. It's, it's been absolutely wonderful learning this area, but we've included that in our lights. So what it does is basically wow. help our plants be happy, happy, happy plants. And happy plants grow wonderful food. So yeah. I'm almost on two months of nursing a pinky injury. If I had one of these, I could stick my hand under, hopefully. Absolutely. One of our master growers actually has uh, arthritis and it, her doctor noticed a difference in her condition uh, and asked what she'd been doing differently. And it was that she had been under the lights and um, was spending time in her growing room on a regular basis. And it was actually impacting her personal health, which was wonderful to hear. So, well, yeah. well, it does look like you're in a room of sunshine right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, you've heard so much conversation about just, you know, having plants and what the, the benefits of, for your mental health of what that can do, just having plants in the room. So talk about having an entire wall uh, growing and you get to reap the benefits. What was the purpose of creating this business? It's a great question. And I get asked that a lot is why do you do what you're doing? And really it is a passion project for both Greg and I. We're, we're very passionate about food security, uh, that everyone should be able to have access to fresh, nutritious food on a regular basis. Uh, it's, it's become even more uh, prevalent and, and obvious during the pandemic, as we've seen supply chains be interrupted by many different things, whether it be the trucking, the harvesting, the plant, there's all kinds of things that can disrupt the supply chain. And what that means to the consumer at the end of the day is they're either not able to get the things that they, they need and want for their family, or even if it is available in the store, the price has become so astronomic that it's out of their reach. And we firmly believe that everyone should be entitled to be able to have access to fresh, nutritious food. And so that's why we created this business. The other side that we saw from that too, and again, one of the reasons we really dug into finding the all-star uh, system to put in here was the addressing food sovereignty. Not just that you have access to some food, but you have access to the food you want, the food that you need, that is culturally appropriate, that has the nutritional value that you want for your family. Uh, and we wanted to have systems that had the flexibility to be able to truly address that. And we're, we're really pleased with the systems we've got between uh, the vertical aeroponic wall, we have a bin system that can also do root vegetables. Uh, we do microgreens. We have a variety of systems available so that really within our growing systems, we can do everything from leafy green lettuces, I love a salad as much as the next person, but you need more than just lettuce. Uh, but the systems can do strawberries, uh, low bush uh, blueberries. It can, we've got tomatoes that we're growing right now. Uh, and we're working with doing protein-based foods as well. So we've got beans that are on test right now. 
uh, to select the right variety. We know the system can grow beans. But we want to find which variety is the one that produces the most amount of beans for you. So it really was about taking control of your food, what you're eating, uh, what types of food, and that you know how it's been grown. So the unit that is behind you is quite large. That's not necessarily something that I'm going to be putting on my kitchen table for just myself. What is the purpose of that? Like the setup that you currently have in your, your office? This is actually a small one. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so this one has 96 ports. Uh, and a port is each of the little holes that the plants go into. Uh, the commercial size that we used, uh, we recommend to our growers uh, is double-sided. So this only has one side to it. Uh, the double-sided obviously has two sides and it has 720 ports. So it's about, uh, it's just over six feet tall and not quite 10 feet wide. But the nice thing about these units is that they are, and I love that I'll show you this, they're made up of tiles. And I love this, the inspiration for these tiles came from Lego. Wow. Lego yeah. things, right? And they snap together. So you can create literally whatever configuration you need. So that was a single tile. There's a double. So we clip two of them together. And this unit you see behind us is four tiles wide and four tiles high. Yep. So how does it work? Is it water in there? It is. It's water that drips down the back. So let me show you. I'll bring out my handy dandy little demonstration. So this is the front. So the plants go in the front here. And then in the back, there is a drip irrigation system that comes through the back and the water runs down on the cups and then it continues to run down all the way down as far as the wall needs to go. It's managed by an app. So the, uh, you can set whatever amount of timing that you need and then how long it will run. These systems use 90% less water than outdoor gardening. So this wall behind me, which as I mentioned, has 96, 96 ports, um, that is running four times a day for 30 seconds. Okay, wow. So, yeah, it's really water efficient. Uh, it keeps everybody happy. And uh, we, again, we might take it up an extra of cycle when some of the other plants get a little bit bigger, uh, but it really is about making sure that we're just keeping the wet. We wanna wet the roots, but we don't want them sitting in water. Probably a very large question, but what are some of the other benefits here to this operation, you know, when it comes to a business perspective and, and the environmental factor? Yeah. Environmental factor is a really big part of this. And what we looked for, again, was a system that didn't draw on resources. Because if you're going into a northern community, a remote community, anywhere in the world, um, a lot of them don't have access to cheap power. A lot of northern communities here in Canada still have uh, diesel generators. So you have to be really conscious of how much electricity you're using. And unfortunately, there are a lot of uh, growing systems out there that use a lot of energy. And we wanted to make sure that if we were going into a community, we weren't using a lot of uh, electricity, we weren't using a lot of water. So we were very, very careful with that. Making sure that we weren't being a drain on the resources in a community, really was important because we want to be able to provide nutritious fresh food in a community so that the time from it being harvested from the wall onto your plate is as small as possible and what uh, it makes a big impact with that is the carbon footprint of not having to transport it long distances so we're big believers in hyper local 
So rather than having a massive factory size uh, growing structure and thousands and thousands of square feet of plants on, on um, being grown, we believe that communities should have facilities that support their community and maybe within about 100, 150 kilometers around them. And then the next community should have their own growing structure that supports that community. So we believe in smaller local uh, perspective on this. Now, local and smaller is scalable depending on obviously a city has more of a need than a small town does. And that's what the, the great thing about the system is it's scalable. I think the freshness and the flavor is a big part too. You know, once you've tasted something that is literally minutes from harvest, the stuff that you, that's been on a truck for a week and a half, this doesn't cut it anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you uh, definitely grow, I guess, pun intended, uh, yep. grow an appreciation for uh, the flavor of your dish when you've watched it and you've given it that TLC, right? Um, right. We hear it so often in whether you just are listening to anything about sustainability or a previous Earth Care podcast, but the whole concept of take what you need, I know, um, has been taught heavily in Indigenous culture as well. And it's just so neat to see this uh, challenge that that technique, that habit of take what you need because it's there, it's growing and it's going to keep growing if you give it the TLC that it needs. Yeah. And that's a big part of this is that when we really look at a, a reciprocal relationship with the plants, that it's very important that we're nurturing them and uh, they're not a commodity. I know that we often hear farming referred to as commodities. These are living plants and we care for them. We give them what they need to grow and to be their best. And in return, they give us the nutrition that we need. Uh, we repeat harvest our plants as well too. We don't uh, clear cut them every week. We take just the leaves that are ready to be harvest. We leave the rest to, to grow. Often some of our plants will live, be growing for weeks and weeks on end, continuing to feed and nourish us. And that's a big part of what we believe in is that if we care for our plants and create this beautiful, happy space for them, they'll take good care of us as well, too. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's very well. I am Métis. I am Indigenous by background. Uh, it is a uh, not a lived experience. It was something that uh, came in our family history later in life. And we've had a wonderful uh, experience in growing and learning and reconnecting with our heritage. Um, but it is something that I just, it really resonates with me, uh, that take what you need, but, but to share and to be respectful. And we're just really great to be happy to be able to bring that with a modern technology player to it. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of Earth Care. Don't forget, you can also find these full interviews on YouTube. You just have to search Sarah Christie, my name, plus Earth Care. They're the same interviews, just with some visual goodies to go along with them. You can subscribe to Earth Care here with this podcast or on YouTube or, hey, both. You do you. Plus, we can also connect on Instagram at Earth Care Show. If you have an idea for an episode, there's something that you want to learn more about or are simply just interested in taking care of our Earth Let's chat.